This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Two league wins on for trots for Pompey. And Jacobs has got a chance, and Jacobs has scored, and that's all come down to perseverance from Michael Jacobs, chasing a lost cause, forcing the mistake, and punishing it to the full extent, and Portsmouth get their first maximum haul of the year. How they needed that victory to follow up the performance they gave on Saturday. Hackett puts his right hand firmly in the air, and lost it to the far post. Braggart! Portsmouth are going to win back-to-back games. Portsmouth forward on Castle Robinsville. A windy weekend has already started in England and Danny Cowley is well aware of the implications of Storm Eunice with training ahead of tomorrow's trip to Crewe disrupted as a result. It's been pretty difficult conditions here this week. We always like the ball speed and to train with intensity and we haven't quite been able to do that because of the condition of the pitches. This is the time of the week, Pompey fans, when we want to hear from you back home ahead of the Blues' next test. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. Get involved with all of your questions, concerns and pre-match score predictions here. You're listening to 93.7 Express FM on this Friday evening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, which is driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South. With Storm Eunice battering the country today, Stagecoach have unfortunately had to suspend the majority of their services across Hampshire and the South Coast. But we do now believe that as of around about half an hour ago, those services uh, have started to resume. For more information and the quickest updates, follow them on Twitter at Stagecoach South or head to their website, stagecoachbus.com. Well, you join me here tonight for another 60 minutes of Pompey debate and discussion. And as ever, Blues fans tucked in nice and warm at home this evening, I'm counting on you to help me through till 7 o'clock with your Pompey questions and score predictions. Put the word express at the start of your text and send those to 81400. You can email in to Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you're on Twitter or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. Now, there was no midweek game for the Blues this week, but they have been causing a little bit of a storm in League One as of late. Not quite Eunice levels, but strong enough to reinstate a little bit of belief back into the Fratton faithful. So let's remind ourselves of what's been happening over the past two matches for Portsmouth Football Club. And we start off last Tuesday night at home to Burton Albion. And then we can get this game underway. Burton kicking off, Danny Cowley just getting ready to start his watch on the touchline and we are underway 
will clear forward. It's not a great clearance, though, and it's picked up by Carter, who drives forward, the former Burton man, of course. A lovely run from Carter, still going. Curtis in the area, Curtis! And his shot deflects wide for a corner kick, almost a perfect start. Right foot and out, swinging corner to come. Portsmouth's fourth of the half. Deep towards the far post. Heads got Raggett, yes, it's in! Sean Raggett heads it past Garrett. It's Jacob's delivery. It's been coming from a set piece. And it's the man who is so dominant in the air, Sean Raggett, with his second of the season. Portsmouth one, Burton nil. Jacobs is trying to win the ball back, and Jacobs has got a chance, and Jacobs has scored. And that's all come down to perseverance from Michael Jacobs, chasing a lost cause, forcing the mistake, and punishing it to the full extent, stabbing the ball into the bottom corner. Porter two, Burton nil. Loose on the edge of the box, and it's still there. Good chance here for Burton. Shot comes in on goal, and it's diverted into the back of the net. I just knew it would be Gassana had me from close range. He diverts it past Gavin Bazunu. And things will get a bit more nervy at Portsmouth here because four and a half minutes into the second half, it's Portsmouth two, Burton one. Towards the far post, heads go up, ragged again. Loose still in the six-yard box of Burton. They're going to get it clear. Pompey just not with a player able to force it home. Good play from Thompson. Can he set Jacobs away down the left? He can. Jacobs to cut into the area. Two to aim for. Jacobs turning one way and the other. Plays the ball across. Loose. Curtis. Great save. Brilliant save from Garrett. Diverts it over the bar corner. Whistle to his lips. Craig Hicks brings the game to an end. And Portsmouth get their first maximum haul of the year in early February. How they needed that victory to follow up the performance they gave on Saturday. And they've got it. And we're ready to get this game underway. Portsmouth's usual home kit will go from right to left. Doncaster, they go from left to right. And we are underway. Doncaster trying to play their way out from the back. And they played themselves into trouble. And Pompey have it in the box. Hurst to hack it, trying to pull it back loose in a six-yard box. Hurst about to pull the trigger. Still there. Can Jacobs get a shot away? So many Doncaster players. Jacobs still there. And it's hacked half away. Back into the box by Hackett to the far post. Half cleared. And Doncaster just, in the end, surviving because a wall of bodies prevented Jacobs from getting a shot away. Now Doncaster try and break into the penalty area, and they've worked this well. Row, it's loose, and it's cleared brilliantly off the line by Raggett. How on earth has he kept things level? And how has Dodu not scored? The attack not over for Doncaster. Harness, though, is going to mop up at the back. And whether Raggett was in the right place by fortune or brilliant judgment, it didn't really matter. And the ball hits him when it was going into the net and Portsmouth are still nil-nil. Crossman is a lovely one and it's missed by Hurst. It was Hackett's ball in, it's perfect and Hurst sliding in at the far post. Can't get contact on the ball, that is the best chance Portsmouth have had all day, nil-nil. Harness on the right-hand side. We see Jacobs go on the overlap. Is Harness going to use him? He wants to try and go into the area that Jacobs went to. Now infield to Curtis. Carter's picked up a nice space if he can be found. Now Harness on the right to get across. It's a good one. Hurst, now it's in the net to the far post. And Rico Hackett coming in behind Hurst. Heads it back across goal. And Portsmouth have taken the lead. How they needed that goal. Ten minutes into the second half. Hackett recalled. And on the score sheet, Portsmouth won. Doncaster nil. As Hurst breaks forward. Chance for George Hurst. George Hurst, one and one with the goalkeeper. Mitchell got a piece of it, but not enough to keep it out. And Porter do double their lead.
It's Portsmouth 2, Doncaster 0. Ball is lofted forward by Bazunu and Harness, if he can keep it in, is away. Down by this right corner flag. He'll look up, he'll see Curtis in the middle. Now Harness plays the ball to Curtis. Not a great first touch. Drilled across the face. And a third goal for Portsmouth. Claiming it is the substitute, Aidan O'Brien. And that is his first Portsmouth goal. Ten to go. It's Portsmouth three, Doncaster Rovers nil. Ball to come in towards the penalty area. It's going to come from Hackett because Tunnicliffe has walked away. Doncaster really trying to hold their line. Referee's about to blow his whistle. Hackett puts his right hand firmly in the air and lost it to the far post. Raggett! 4-0! He picked out Raggett beautifully there, Rico Hackett. Fine return to the side for him. Goal and assist. Raggett has scored two in two. Portsmouth are going to win back-to-back games. Portsmouth four, Doncaster Rovers nil. The highlights there from Pompey's last two league fixtures. A 2-1 win over Burton Albion at Fratton Park last midweek, followed by a 4-0 victory over bottom of the table. Doncaster Rovers a week ago tomorrow. Those two results, as well as results in midweek, have left Pompey in 11th place in League One with 44 points. Now just nine points adrift of the top six in the division. Okay, joining me on tonight's instalment of the Football Hour. Delighted to welcome uh, both of these guests joining me from back home this evening due to the uh, the health and safety risk at the moment with Storm Eunice taking no chances tonight. First of all, very warm welcome onto the show to Sam Macy. Sam, thank you ever so much for calling in tonight, my friend. No worries, Jake. Hope, hope you're doing well and everyone else is at home. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I'm doing not doing too bad. Got here safe and sound. Uh, Dean Adams also joining us on the show this evening. Dean, likewise, my friend. Great to have you on. Evening, Jake. Yeah, good to hear you. Let's, uh, let's let's talk about Pompey then, because we've got an hour to do so between now and 7 o'clock. Well, actually, just about 45 minutes now. Um, we'll start off with the win over Burton Albion, uh, Sam, which kick-started what is currently a, a two-game winning streak for Pompey, which we'll take at the moment off the back of a, a torrid run of form, we could say lightly, uh, heading into the new year for Pompey. Yeah, I think the last week's been bit more of a, a breath of fresh air than, than the, the form which we showed in January. I think it was much needed as well. Um, obviously, we had that layoff from COVID and that sort of seemed to disrupt the flow of the team. Um, obviously, ups and downs from the January transfer window and it just seems like the small squad we've got, something's clicked in the last week. It might not be the strongest opposition, especially Doncaster in League One, but I say onwards and upwards and, and hopefully we can build on the good form we've shown in, in the last week absolutely and uh, of course then the 4-0 win over Doncaster Rovers as Sam just mentioned there Dean last Saturday afternoon it took until the second half for Pompey to break the deadlock but once they did uh, they they ran a little bit right on, on Doncaster it was a decent performance particularly in the second half and look, one of those matches where I think as a Pompey fan you're pleased with how Pompey managed to see it out in the end four goals is something you'll always take as a fan in football but you know at the end of the day Doncaster Rovers bottom of the table it's a good win it's good to get two wins on the bounce but let's also not get too ahead of ourselves yeah, I think the important thing was to have those two home games was to win them both. Uh, they're against opposition that we knew we could win if we played well. I don't think we uh, 
to be fair, the the result against Burton, we got there in the end. We held on a little bit, and we even rode our luck with the Doncaster game, didn't we? I think at, at half time we should have been one nil down with Raggett clearing off the line, but but we we tore them apart a little bit in the second half, and you could you could see that confidence was coming back into the players. So those four goals would definitely help us going into sort of tomorrow's game. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, as well, uh, tonight we'll be previewing Pompey's next League One fixture. They take on Crew Alexandra uh, away from home tomorrow afternoon, pending, of course, this uh, this storm, which we believe we've we've had the brunt of it today, hopefully. Uh, but of course, it's still expected to cause a bit of disruption heading into the weekend uh, is Storm Eunice. As it stands, Pompey's trip to Crew tomorrow afternoon is still going on. If you're heading to Gresty Road, uh, do keep an eye out on all the, where, the travel and weather updates. If you're going by train, do keep an eye uh, on trainline.com to ensure that all your trains are running smoothly as well. And if they're not, how you can overcome them. Dave Byrne on the emails. Hi, Jake. Looking forward to a game with optimism for the first time in a while. Could that be a mistake, I ask myself. I'm usually positive with my result forecast, but often left disappointed. That's life as a Pompey fan, eh? However, the second half against Don Caster certainly left a good impression on me and if we can repeat that sort of tempo and intensity in our play then there is no reason why we can't pick up another three points tomorrow. I'm going for a 2-0 away win in the hope that we don't end up playing both Shrewsbury and Eunice. Uh, Dave and Liss, thank you very much for your email. Sam of course, you know, the main focus of uh, tonight's show is previewing tomorrow's trip to Crew. Um, Pompey go there off the back of two consecutive wins. Crew now bottom of the League One table. Doncaster actually leapfrogged them at the foot of the division after a 1 0 win at Lincoln uh, in midweek, with Crew losing 2 0 away to Wigan Athletic. It will be a tough task, Sam. But you still expect Pompey with the squad that we've got, with the kind of form that we're heading into the game with, you still expect Pompey to pick up those three points. Hundred percent. I think last year when we played Crew, I think they liked to dominate the ball, liked to have a lot of possession. I think David Artel's built quite a good team down there. Obviously, they've lost a lot of key pieces from from this time last season. With obviously like Perry and G going to Cardiff, you got um, Pickering going to Blackburn. Um, it's, it's I say that. The core of that squad sort of been ripped out, and it's just sort of been a season where they where they haven't really been able to do much. Um, hopefully, that means we can exploit them. Obviously, our squad's not the biggest anyway, but I say they, they've lost a lot of key weapons from from even when we played them earlier on in the season. So, yeah, hopefully that means that we can we can exploit that and should the game be going on hopefully we can take the three points yeah uh, all the usual ways if you want to get involved this evening have your say Pompey fans between now and seven o'clock eight one four hundred is our text number you can start your messages with the word express otherwise you can email into Pompey at expressfm.com include at expressfm if you're on twitter or you can head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, that's where you can find us uh, on Facebook. Dean, looking, looking back to that win over Doncaster Rovers, some standout performers in that game we mentioned here on the Football Hour on Monday night. I think arguably uh, the, the biggest name from that game, Louis Thompson, another very decent showing from him, taken into consideration as well. He's been playing that kind of midfield role essentially on his own with the, uh, the suspension to Joe Morrell recently. Yeah, he's done well. I think every game I've seen him play this season, he's been absolutely excellent. I think he's probably had one off game that he wasn't great in, but he's 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 so energetic. When we play him in that middle of the park, he's a proper box to box midfielder. And 
I love the way he gets back and tackles and he breaks forward and he gets forward really well. So tomorrow, with, with our lack of midfield options, if, if you bring Tunnicliffe, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but if you bring Tunnicliffe back in, who's come on and done well recently, if you put Tunnicliffe in, it allows Thompson to get forward a bit more. Mm. And I think that's a good midfield pairing. So should be quite exciting tomorrow, really. Yeah. And we'll be coming on to discuss the potential team selections, more score predictions uh, after the break. We'll get some more text tweets and emails in from back home as well. We'll also be shifting our attention to a few other bits of news coming out of Fratton Park uh, this week, including uh, a date which has been penned uh, for the new South Stand improvements. Okay, Pompey travel to Gresty Road tomorrow for match day number 31 in League One, looking to make it three wins from three. And after the break, we'll be hearing from Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who, despite realising how light his squad is, is happy with the competition. We're a small squad, as we all know, but we're a healthy squad as it is today which is a real positive and although we're small in numbers there's still a lot of competition in the squad and we moved the team around and made some changes last week and as a consequence I think all of the boys can see a pathway for themselves and have certainly trained with a real motivation this week to try to get in the team Don't go anywhere and join us again in a few moments time when the Football Hour returns This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop and find the latest travel information in your area. Tonight I'm joined alongside Sam Macy and Dean Adams over the phone lines to deliver a preview of Pompey's trip to Crew Alexandra this weekend. Match day number 31 of this League One season season we'll come on to preview that game in a little bit more detail uh, very very soon but first we're going to talk about a few pieces of news that have come out of the football club uh, within the past week and the first of which uh, came on Tuesday when Pompey announced that the Fratton Park redevelopment phase will continue with South Stand Works uh, coming very very soon commencing from Monday the 4th of April. In a statement released by the club, uh, reads, This work will see a reprofiling of the South Stand at Fratton Park, which will transform the structure into one continuous tier. Supporters will benefit from improved sight lines, consistent floor levels, and increased concourse space. To help ensure that work is complete ahead of the 2022 23 campaign, season ticket holders located in blocks T to W of the South Lower will need to relocate following the commencing of stadium work on Monday the 4th of April. So this will affect the final three fixtures of the season against Lincoln on Friday the 15th of April, Gillingham on Saturday the 23rd and uh, the rearranged visit of Wigan Athletic on Tuesday the 26th of April. April and they uh, conclude the statement by saying Portsmouth Football Club would like to apologise to any fans for for this inconvenience, the inconvenience that it will cause and we thank them for their continued support throughout the whole stadium and development works which will improve safety for everyone and see an increase in capacity for the next season. Uh, Sam, I'm going to throw straight to you on this one. Of course, we've known about uh, the redevelopment of Fratton Park and the plans that have been released by the football club within uh, the last 12 months or so. And we are now starting to see the South Stand take a little bit more shape with work starting in, in just under 
two months' time, set to be complete, ready for the start of next season. What do you make of the idea to make the South Stand kind of this one big continuous tier? Do you like the idea of this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think it's, it's it's a good idea. Obviously, it, it sort of gets rid of um, those two tiers, which is sort of very customary with the South Stand. I think I'm I'm not sure. I'm not seeing the plans to be honest with you, but I think looking at it, if it it's going to be weird, sort of how they're going to make it from pitch level, sort of like eye line all the way all the way up, going going one continuous sort of sort of stand. But I, to be completely honest with you, I think I think it's renovation which which is needed to be done for a long long time. Um, and it's good to see that the infrastructure of the club and sort of the redevelopment of Fratton Park is, is is happening so speedily. Obviously, you see the North Stand this season, um, and obviously there's there's, there's going to be other redevelopments in in the future once the South Stand's been done. I think Cullen's been saying that since since he got the job. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good to see the the fact that we're actually making Fratton Park accessible for all fans, and and it means that we're not going to be hit with sort of health and safety issues hmm. further down the line when when they become essential and then we reduce capacities and then lose out on match day incomes. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. And, and kind of reflecting on those comments from Sam there regarding the South Stand and really indeed the entire Fratton Park redevelopment phase uh, at this stage, of course, this really is only phase one of what we believe uh, from the club to be an overall uh, kind of bigger redevelopment of Fratton Park. And this is just to you know get the stadium up to scratch, get the, the health and safety in order of Fratton Park, because over the last few years, I think you could you know quite easily agree that it's needed a lick of pain it's needed just to be brought into that kind of modern era so to bring the south stand in particular and we've seen already work to the north stand uh, start already this season to see these stands kind of brought into this modern era and and, and be kind of revolutionized revolutionized to to ensure that fans have got the best match day experience possible is you know the, the number one priority at the moment as well as of course you know health and safety it's not going to be a massive increase in capacity but it's a start. Yeah, I think the when you listen to the owners, the the clear objective is to build the foundations, isn't it? Rather than the team at the moment, I think they're happy to stay in League One as we are. But they want to improve the ground. The ground does need improving from a a sort of look point of view and a safety point of view. They've got to start somewhere with it. The the north stand's going to start taking shape. The only downside to that it has really damaged the atmosphere in my view, but these works and these jobs need to be done. And I think the, a general Pompey fan doesn't really want to leave Fratton Park. So the alternative is to modernise Fratton Park. And when you look at the drawings that have been done for the South Stand, they, they do, do look nice. And both we work up the top of that South Stand, don't we, Jake? We know yeah. how rattly <laughs> and old it is up there. So to have that modernised and more appealing on the eye would be great. Absolutely. And uh, of course, within the plans, Sam, of course, we mentioned about how uh, there are plans to ensure that the South Stand is essentially one continuous tier. But I think the good news is that the, the iconic kind of Archibald Leach architecture uh, kind of halfway up the South Stand, which we haven't really been able to see over the past probably eight, nine, maybe ten years uh, due to the sponsorship uh, boardings over the top of them. Uh, supposedly, they're going to be revealed again and left in, the, in in their place for all to see. So you can kind of see the historical background of the South Stand. So important, of course, to bring this stadium and that stand into the modern era and up to scratch, but also important to, to keep that history of the football club there for all to see yeah definitely i think that's one thing which which you can say about portsmouth as a club i think it's 
it's, it's proud of its roots. And I think showing showing the architecture from sort of like the the original Fratton Park, if you will, is sort of something which which I think every Pompey fan is going to enjoy. It's, it's sort of like I said, everyone everyone who supports Bolton is proud of the proud of the heritage which we've got as a club, and so that sort of symbolises the fact that, that we are proud of the history and we, we're going to show it. And I think that's going to get the owners sort of in the good graces of a lot of sort of the old school Pompey fans. Yeah. Okay, let's move on now, then, and talk about a couple of players. I say a couple, actually. Uh, 12 players who are out of contract or potentially leaving uh, the football club this season or at the end of the season. Players with contracts running out this summer. Now, five of which are loan players. Uh, so that means seven currently contracted to the club who, uh, at, the, at the minute, will be leaving in the summer unless those contracts are renewed. So the five loan players, of course, Marlon Romeo, George Hurst, Gavin Bazunu, Tyler Walker and Hayden Carter. Um, but in terms of the, the players who are currently with the club permanently until the summer, Michael Jacobs, the club do have an option for another year on his deal. Aidan O'Brien, Sean Williams, Sean Raggett, Rico Hackett and uh, Harry Jewett-White. And then there are three players with also that option for a further 12 months, including Jaden Reed, Marcus Harness and Louis Thompson. Sam, a lot of these players out of contract in the summer, a lot of really important players uh, within that list as well. Notably, of course, Sean Raggett, Louis Thompson, uh, Marcus Harness important really for the club maybe within the next couple of weeks to try and get these contract issues sorted to ensure that they remain ports of football club players and potentially don't go elsewhere massively i think we we as a club sort of we had this problem last year where a lot of sort of the key players and sort of like the core and spine of our team were sort of allowed to leave on free transfers i, I don't think we can get away with that again this season i think this season was sort of been dubbed the rebuilding season um Danny Cowley's always said, judge me on three transfer windows and this this coming transfer window would be the, the third one. So I don't feel like he can he can let that many players go because it's just ripping up the core of the squad once again and sort of, like I said, it's, 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 it, we can't have the overturn of, of the squad like we did last year and then it always seems like we're one season away from sort of competing and we can't have that. I think a lot of the lone players, I'm, I'm hoping that he'll, there's sort of deals in place with players who are, who are going to be out of contract in the summer, i.e. Mm. Marlon Romeo should we should we be able to afford his wages? Um, I think the option the, will be silly not to take the year options on a lot of the players. I think Jaden Reed, especially, I think where he's not kicked the ball for us competitively yeah. with that injury, so I think he, he'll get another year to show what he can do. Louis Thompson, likewise. Um, Marcus Harness isn't going to be short of suit, uh, short of suitors should should he leave the club. So I think these are assets, and we've we've got to take up the options which we've got to tie them down to new deals. Yeah. Uh, Paul Downing, another one of the names who is uh, out of contract in the summer. Of course, he's currently on loan at Rochdale. Also keen to, to point out as well that within a recent interview uh, with Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News, Pompey CEO and Andy Cullen uh, also told the news, but it's a two-way process with these contracts, making sure the, the fit is right, the marriage is right for next season and beyond. You have players who want to be here just as much as we want them to be a part of it, so it's making sure that is right and then having those discussions and Dean also important to remember it is a two-way deal it's not just you know as simple as maybe we'd hope it to be it's not just Pompey approaching these players and saying okay you've got a new contract they've got to agree to it they've got to agree to the terms potentially some of these players want to to play elsewhere maybe they want to go to a different club uh, earn more money have different ambitions try a new adventure so of the 12 that we've mentioned 
we know not, not all 12 of them will be Portsmouth players next season, but also reflecting on what Sam just said there, we can't have another summer where we're losing so many key players on a free. No, it's, we're going to lose one or two, aren't we? I think uh, when you look at some of those names without going for all of them, people like Sean Williams, who's, what, is he 34 now and has had a bad injury in the last couple of weeks? I don't like to say it, but when you look at five people on loan as well, if you're going to build a squad with that many loans and a lot of players out of contract, we are definitely going for a rebuild in the summer again. We have got another summer of rebuilding because you look at the five loans, I don't think many of those would come back. Hayden Carter, possibly. I think some of the others will be playing in the championship next season. Yeah. Uh, so you're looking at possibly six, seven, eight new players coming into that squad, and that is what you call a rebuild, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think a rebuild is needed? I know you say you're you're potentially expecting a rebuild in the summer, Dean. Do you think, as, yeah. a, as a fan, that it's definitely needed? As much as we had one last year, given the, the current squad and the size of the squad and where we are on the table at the moment, yeah. would you be happy to rip I, it up again? I think when you're in League One and you've got... Uh, we're probably the one of the higher budgets of that, that league we know about... I think you're always going to be rebuilding. And unless those players can come in and hit the ground running, you look at Tyler Walker, who's who's done well at Lincoln, he's done well at Coventry. They've come in. He's come in. He's literally been anonymous. He's probably one of our highest-earning players, mm. and he's been anonymous. These players that come in on loan have to hit the ground running, like Gavin Bazunu, like Marlon did. We need these players to come in, absolutely hit the ground running if we've got any chance of going up next season. And that's difficult to happen. Yeah. Okay, Dean, Sam, thank you both very much for your thoughts so far on the show. Just under 25 minutes remaining until we do hand you over to Connor Mosley with Express Floor Fillers this evening. And uh, before we head into the final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour, we're going to hear the pre-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He caught up with Ollie Marsh at the training ground earlier this week. Well, Danny, we saw that you didn't underestimate Doncaster despite the position they were in. Are you going to have to go in with the same mentality for crew who aren't on a fantastic run of form at the moment? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we're 30 games into this league season. We haven't had an easy game yet and we don't anticipate an easy one between now and the end of the season. I think Crew, you know, David Artell is probably a victim of his own success. He did fantastically well to get Crew promoted. They had a brilliant year last year. Off the back of that, lost an awful lot of players in the summer. Um, had a tougher season thus far, but certainly when we watched them on Tuesday against Wigan, um, there was a lot to like, a lot of fight, a lot of energy in the team, a lot of determination. At 60 minutes, you would argue that they were the better team and, and, and certainly had their best period in the game. And just unfortunately for them, during that best period, they, they conceded the first goal. And then off the back of that, Wigan are a, a very experienced, well-resourced team at this, at this level. You mentioned David Artel. I think I'm right in saying he's someone you know well. I know we've spoken before about you two doing your coaching courses together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, no, we know David David well, and he um, he's a good manager. Um, he, you know, crew a good club. They've got a conveyor belt of young players that come through their academy year after year, and and no doubt the young players in their squad at the moment will be really benefiting from this experience, and we anticipate them finishing the season strongly. What sort of squad will you be travelling with? Is there any latest injury news at all? No, we're a small squad, as we as we all know, but but we're, we're a healthy squad as it is today, which is a, which is a real positive. And although we're we're small in numbers, there's still a lot of competition in the squad. And you know, we we moved the team around and made some changes last week, which was the right thing to do in a three-game week. Um, and as a consequence, I think the 
all of the boys can see a pathway for themselves and have certainly trained with a real motivation this week to, to try to get in the team and as they always know what, what they do Monday to Friday will will, will affect how, how we how we select the team on a Saturday and um, ultimately like I say to them all the time it's, it's the players that pick the team um, in, in, in terms of the way they, they play both both in, in, in training and, and also in games Storm Eunice is on the way we may well be talking about the conditions come Saturday well, this is it. Yeah, it's been um, it's been pretty difficult conditions here this week. We're, we're used to the blue sky and sunshine on, on the south coast, but but this week has been has been a challenge for sure. Certainly, our training pitches have been particularly wet, and 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 and, and that's been a been a challenge because um, we always like the the ball speed and to train with the intensity, and we haven't quite been able to do that this week because of the condition of the pitches. But ultimately, we maybe maybe it will hold us in in good stead because we we, we anticipate that the crew pitch may, may be difficult on Saturday, and, and certainly the overhead conditions might be a challenge as well. Just finally, a word on the other news this week, which is that Roberto Gagliardi is leaving the club. Is the the um, process in place already to to start looking for his successor? Well, I think first and foremost, we'd like to, to wish Roberto well. He worked with energy and enthusiasm um, since since the moment we came to the club. Obviously, first in a recruitment role and then more in a head of football operations role. We see it as a pivotal role for this football club moving forward, particularly the transitional period that we're in. Um, I think... To, to appoint the right person that comes with an energy and enthusiasm. I anticipate that, that Andy Cullen will be inundated with, with people that would like this role because certainly they must see the potential here. Um, there's a lot, lot, lot to be able to do in, in, in the role. Certainly we'd li- like someone that can drive the provisions. We're working towards trying to create an, an elite environment. To do that, we've got to keep trying to improve the performance aspect of cut of the club the medical and the sports science the coaching and the analysis the academy and and also the player care and and of course the recruitment so there's there's a there's a big job for someone um but I think it's a really exciting time for the club. We're obviously sorry to, to see Roberto go, but we, um, when one door closes, another one opens, and um, it's, a, it's an important role, and we're really looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Danny Carly there speaking ahead of tomorrow's long trip up to Gresty Road, home of Crew Alexandra, Pompey's next challenge, who are currently bottom of the League One table. We'll hear more on them, raining the final thoughts of Sam and Dean, as well as discuss the departure of the Blues' head of football operations, Roberto Gagliardi. Stick with us here for the conclusion of tonight's show. You're listening to the Football Hour on Express FM. This is the Football Hour, 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour, supported tonight by Stagecoach Across the South, who I'm delighted to say after a day of disruption due to Storm Eunice are back up and running with the majority of services across the South Coast. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information and updates in your area. Sam Macy and Dean Adams join me up until 7 o'clock this evening to preview Pompey's trip to Crew Alexandra, as well as to discuss all the latest news coming out of Fratton Park this week. We've already spoke about uh, the 12 players out of contract this summer for Pompey. We've already discussed the improvement works to the south stand at Fratton Park, which are due to start within the next month or so. But next, let's move on uh, to the departure of Pompey's head uh, Head of Football Operations, Roberto Gagliardi, who handed in his resignation at Fratton Park 
earlier this week. Pompey are now on the hunt to find his replacement. Uh, Gagliardi only took up a role earlier this season, but he's departed and decided to take up a position with a, uh, a currently unnamed European-based group uh, that apparently acquire m- multiple football clubs across the continent. This news was first broken uh, by our friends and colleagues at the Portsmouth News. Uh, Dean Adams, uh, let's talk about this one, the departure of Roberto Gagliardi, who before moving to Pompey in the summer had previously worked with both Bolton Wanderers and Leighton Orient. Pompey now the hunt for a new, perhaps the director of football, head of football operations, whatever you want to call it, head of what we spoke about before the break is going to be a very busy uh, summer transfer window. Good timing. Well, yeah. Uh, to be fair, the guys come into the club, hasn't he? I think he came in when Kenny Jacket was there. As he, he came in as a European scout, didn't he, originally? Uh, I think he's left the club with the title of Football Operations Director, so yeah. whatever that is. But it sounds like Danny Cowley relies on that job title quite heavily, like he said, with the transition that's coming up again. So that, so Danny's obviously expecting a few players to come in and out himself in the summer. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously a key role. Like you said, is it a director of football? Is it a football operations officer, director? I don't know. I don't know what that role is. And But we wish Robert Roberto the best and hopefully we get the right person in that can take the club forward. Yeah, really important, Sam, to get that right person in now and, and, and hopefully soon. It's, it's a kind of position, as we mentioned, Pompey not really wanting to rush, but at the same time with an expected busy summer coming up. They will want to get nailed on uh, potentially before the end of the season as early as possible but it is one that the club will need to get right. Gagliardi, uh, part of that, that big summer transfer uh, rebuild at the start of the season of course a few transfers in the January window as well. 20 in total so yes yeah, um, whoever comes in next has got a big task in their hand and Pompey have got a, a, a ginormous task to try and fill these boots and, and, and as Dean said there try and get the right person in who understands the ethos and the the mentality of this football club and its supporters. Absolutely. I think also someone who Danny Cowley trusts and he can have a good working relationship with. I think that's massively important. You you want someone who who they can work together sort of with Andrew Cullen and and, and get the right players and identify the right players for this club. Um, We've seen how picky, and he said himself, how picky Danny Cowley is with with getting players in. They've got to fit the mould and and tick the criteria which, which he sets out for them. And I think getting someone who who he respects and trusts their judgment on. Um, I think that's massively important. But yeah, so it's going to be a massive summer and I think finding the right person is pivotal for the future of this club in the next, in the next couple of seasons. Um, if you want to get out of this division. Yeah. Okay, so just to reiterate, Pompey, head of football operations, uh, Roberto Gagliardi, has this week handed in uh, his resignation to the club. He'll be leaving at the end uh, of the season or before the end of the season. So Pompey will need to replace Roberto Gagliardi, who is uh, uh, going on an adventure into Europe into uh, new passages for him. So Pompey seeking potentially a new head of football operations or potentially a director of football to help with the transfers uh, to assist with Danny and Nicky Cowley what we expect to be another busy, busy summer transfer window for Portsmouth Football Club. Okay, coming up within the next 10 minutes or so, we'll be reading in the final thoughts of Sam and Dean. We'll also be getting the final messages in from you back home, the Pompey fans. Do get in touch over the next 10 minutes or so with your score predictions, uh, assuming tomorrow's game between Crew Alexandra and Pompey does still go ahead. We've heard uh, nothing to suggest otherwise as of yet, so... 
presumably we're all good to go Pompey away to crew tomorrow afternoon uh, get your score predictions in 81400 is our text number start your messages with the word express you can email Pompey at expressfm.com include at expressfm if you're on twitter or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Now, before we do start to preview that one in a little bit more detail, uh, Connor Mosley has all you need to know on Pompey's next opponents. Here are the names and the numbers behind Crew Alexandra. Two league wins in a row for Pompey for the first time since November, following victories at home to Burton and Doncaster. But can they make it three from three? A trip to Gresty Road awaits for Danny Cowley's men this weekend. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Assuming Storm Eunice allows this game to go ahead, Pompey have a good chance to record a third successive league victory away at the Railwaymen this week. Here's all you need to know about the Blues' next opponent, Crew Alexandra. Manager. The Alex have Rotherham-born David Artell at the helm of the club. Artel replaced Steve Davis at Gresty Road in January 2017 and has held the post ever since. The 41-year-old is currently the eighth longest-serving manager in the EFL. Between 1998 and 2017, Artel plied his trade as a centre-back for sides predominantly in the English non-league and Welsh pro leagues, including Chester City, Wrexham and Bala Town. Across the five years and counting occupying the dugout for crew, David Artell has recorded 99 wins from competitive fixtures out of 264 games in League and Cup, amounting to a win percentage of 37.5. One to watch. Toward the end of the recent January transfer window, Crew secured the signing of Oxford United forward Dan Adji for an undisclosed fee on an 18-month contract until the summer of 2023. The 24-year-old who came through the youth ranks at AFC Wimbledon and Burnley had been a dangerous option at Oxford for the best part of three years and will be a name many Pompey fans will be familiar with from previous meetings with the U's. Adji has been handed the number 15 squad number and has already bagged one goal from four league appearances in crew colours. Top scorer. French striker Mikel Mandron is currently crew's leading marksman in League One this season. The 27-year-old has so far scored six league goals one more than teammate Christopher Long, who remains on five. Mandron, who's previously led the forward lines of Eastleigh, Colchester United and Gillingham, signed for Crew on an initial 12-month contract in August 2020 and has since then contributed with 17 goals from 69 League One appearances. Current form. Following a midweek defeat away to Wigan Athletic, coupled with Doncaster Rovers securing a surprise victory at Lincoln on the same night, Crew have slumped to the bottom of the League One table. The Railwaymen have lost six consecutive league matches and have so far amassed only 22 points in the league this season, currently nine points adrift of safety. In this season's reverse fixture at Fratton Park, it was Danny Cowley's side who prevailed by two goals to nil, with John Marquis and Marcus Harness on the score sheet in the second half to lift the Blues up to second place at the time. Now Portsmouth occupy 11th. Can Pompey steam on to a hat-trick of wins? Or will Crew weather the storm and deny the Blues of maximum points? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. 
A big thank you to Connor Mosley there for providing a little bit more detail into Pompey's opponents this weekend. Crew Alexandra, who await at Gresty Road tomorrow afternoon. Weather pending, of course, but that game, as the as of this moment, is still going ahead, which is uh, absolutely fantastic news. Uh, Dean and Sam alongside me for the next five minutes or so. Dean, tomorrow, bottom of the league. Crew Alexandra, uh, they've lost six in a row in the league, having scored two goals within that time frame. Some quite heavy defeats uh, over the last couple of months or so as well. They look like a side. They're not down and out yet, but they do look like a side who are destined to play League Two football next season. But from a Pompey perspective, even after two wins on the trot, this is the kind of old cliche saying it's now you've got to keep your composure and not let those heads think that this is going to be an easy win because it's not. Yeah, I think crew were well, the bottom of the league. They're nine points behind, is it Wimbledon in 20th? Yeah. And yeah. crew's goal difference is absolutely terrible as well. Crew need to start picking up wins. I think they're in a bit of a free fall. Danny Cowley said he expected them to pick up some points between now and the end of the season. I'm not sure. With the players they've lost, I think I think they're only going one way. And But as as a Pompey side, we played bottom of the league Doncaster last week. We could have been 1-0 down at half-time. Mm. So it's about taking your chances tomorrow. And if we get that early goal tomorrow, then I'd expect us to win sort of 2-3-0 tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, some uh, big news for Pompey and a massive boost this week. Sam reported by our colleague John T. Coleman from Hampshire Live reporting that Marlon Romeo, Ryan Tunnicliffe uh, all back in full training of course we saw Ryan Tunnicliffe uh, come on last Saturday against Doncaster Rovers, Jay Mingi also back in full training, a player we haven't actually seen uh, this season. So, uh, again, like I say, a massive uh, boost in terms of injuries there, Sam, for Pompey tomorrow. In terms of team lineup. what do you expect? Do you expect Danny Cowley to go with exactly the same as last weekend, or could you see a few changes? Um, I think he trusts Marlon Romeo. I think if he's fit, he plays. Um, I don't think he plays a full 90. Um, I think the midfield will probably keep the same. Um, I can see it being a very similar team to last weekend, possibly Denver Hume coming back in. I don't know if that's if, if yeah, if, if obviously he, he trusts Denver Hume as well. He's mm. a He's a signing we've made in January. I also think I think Romeo and Hume are the only two which I can see coming back in. Um, I say going forward, we actually we actually didn't look too bad last week, and that's that's been a feature of our play this year. We, we we've not been amazing going forward. We actually scored some goals. So offensively, I wouldn't change a thing. But then the wing backs is the only positions I could see changing. Uh, Sam, thank you. Final uh, thoughts from uh, you guys back home. Graham Wilkins on the emails. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. A good win against Doncaster last Saturday and expecting another win tomorrow against Crew. But as Cowley's hinted this week, the training ground has proven to be a bit of a hindrance to the squad uh, due to the saturated pitches. Do you think the owners need to put some money into making the pitches fit for purpose and maybe adding an indoor section for when it's wet outside, especially now that Pompey own the whole Rocco complex? Graham, that will be a big question for Monday night show. Unfortunately, running out of time. Uh, this evening, but Graham also adding, but he's going for a three-one Pompey win tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for your email and final one here from Mike T and Crispy Bacon Sani Salsi. Hi Jake, way the lads on this wind-assisted football hour. Pompey to bag all three tasty points tomorrow. Thank you, Mike, for your text. Okay, uh, Sam, a very quick score prediction from you, please, my friend. One uh, nil Pompey. One nil Pompey says Sam. Sam, thank you ever so much for calling in tonight. Uh, have a great weekend and stay safe out there. YouTube buddy, speak to you soon. And uh, Dean Adams, thank you for coming on to the show, my friend. It's been a pleasure to have you on. What are you going for? Pompey away to crew tomorrow afternoon. If we can get that early goal, I'm going for 3 0. 
Dean, thank you very much. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. We'll hear from you soon. You too, Jake. Thank you. So you can join us here on Express FM for full coverage of Pompey's trip to Crew Alexandra when Pompey Live returns tomorrow from 2pm. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Back-to-back home wins for Pompey has given them renewed belief for the playoffs after a dominant display against Doncaster. He picked out Raggett beautifully there. Next up for Pompey, a trip to another relegation-threatened side, Crew Alexandra. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. I'll be joined back with Robbie James tomorrow afternoon from Gresty Road as Pompey looks to make it three wins from three in League One. We'll also have a guest alongside us to bring you all of the action as Pompey take on Crew Alexandra. Uh, okay, coming up this evening, uh, Chris Kirk is actually filling in for Connor Mosley uh, after the news at seven with Express Floor Fillers. He's here until 11 o'clock this evening, which is when we've got nothing but non-stop floor fillers until the early hours of Saturday morning. You can hear a replay of tonight's Football Hour from 4am tomorrow morning. If you're up and you're about and you missed parts of tonight's show, you want to listen back in the early hours of tomorrow morning, you can do so 4am tomorrow morning here on Express FM. Or you can head to our website in around about half an hour's time. You can download it to your phone, your PC. If you're heading up to Crew tomorrow, do it. Listen back to the show if you fancy another uh, chance to listen back to tonight's preview of Pompey's trip to the Railway Men. Ian McGuinness is back tomorrow morning from 8 with Saturday breakfast with musical features, local events, sport and travel as well as weather updates to start your Saturday today as well. Lily Park is back between 11 and 2 o'clock with your guilty pleasures, a tiny quiz and of course nothing but the greatest hits here on Express FM. Then Pompey Live returns from 2. Myself, Robbie James and as of yet an unnamed guest here on Pompey Live. Do join us for that one. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Play at Pompey. Good night. <laughs>